If you don't like the way you are living and the way things are, it's on you to make that change. Simple preparation, consistency, accountability. You don't have to look at the extreme. You can take one positive action step a day to get healthier. You do not have to go from, let's say, unhappy in your career to quitting your job, following your passion, even if you know what that is, but you've got to have a plan. My name is Johnny Elsasser, and I'm a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger and Tactical Commander to the U.S. Ambassador's Protective Detail. I have seen the struggle even the most hardened men have faced when they combat their inner demons, and I am here to shine a light on those struggles to show that no man is exempt from adversity and internal pain. Men from all walks of life share their stories of hardship, darkness, and perseverance so that every man knows that whatever he is going through, he is not alone. Evolution for men begins now. This is a Soul Fire production. Everyone, welcome back. In today's episode, we have Greg Scheinman on with us. He is a performance coach and he is host of the Midlife Male podcast and he's creator of the Midlife mail.com. I really enjoyed this episode because I love to learn from men who are older than myself. They have a lot of wisdom in letting us know where they've stumbled in life and how we can prevent ourselves from falling into those traps. And that is exactly what we do on this episode. Greg shares a lot of places where he's had hiccups in life, where he's had struggles in life, and he's overcome that and persevered. And he gives you the tools and tips so that you can bypass that and not fall into some of the same patterns he fell into. On top of that, what I really loved is that there's no actual timeline in life when we cannot recreate and reimagine ourselves. And I thought that was very powerful from Greg. He shares how he has reimagined his life and taken control of that and really re-imaged himself well into his 40s and moving later in life. There is no time that we cannot stop reintroducing ourselves to a different way of living. And I think that is very powerful as we continue to move forward with our own lives and realize that we aren't pigeonholed anywhere just because we've done something for a long time. So I really loved that conversation with Greg. I loved learning from him as well and just taking in, soaking up some of the wisdom that he passed on to the community. So really appreciate Greg in this episode. And I know you guys will love it too. As always, guys, I'll see y'all around the corner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. Today's guest is Greg Scheinman. How are you doing, brother? It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. First uh, first podcast in 2023. I'm not sure when you're airing this, but right now it's the first podcast yeah. in 2023. <laughs> For me, it no, is. you are. You are for me too. Yeah, you actually, you absolutely 100% are. One, how did the end of your 2022 go? And two, you guys got a storm where you are right now, right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm in Houston, Texas. We got kind of a storm going on. You know, rain is pounding. I don't know if this Michael pick it up behind me, you know, here. <laughs> no, no biggie, but uh, inauspicious start to the year. And, but the end of the year finished, you know, finished super strong. I turned 50 on the 23rd of December and spent a week with my wife and my boys in Mexico on vacation. And we've, uh, we had a great time to have the four of us back together. Oh, that's amazing. Well, happy belated birthday. We are kicking off 2023 before we get into the manly round where I ask you some really fun quick fire questions. Um, what is your one word for 2023? Uh, small. Yeah. Um, Ooh. You know, my theme for 2023 is, uh, is, is go small. You know, um, you know, I think we hear a lot about going big and, you know, winning every day and winning every morning and these gigantic goals that everybody's got to go out and reach. And for me, you know, what I've learned in my experience is, hmm, I do a lot better when I go narrow and deep, you know, when I go small, when I focus on doing, doing less, you know, with, with more focus. Um, so that's my theme for 2023 is, you know, go, go small. Oh, I, that, you know, to me, that's beautiful. I think you're, you're hundred percent nail on the head. People try to go grandiose in a lot of ways. And when they do that, that's what sets them up for failure. But that compartmentalization, that small factor allows you to get wins early on. And it allows you to kind of meticulously build to bigger things without even really noticing it. 
You know, I think it's I think it's interesting, you know, and like you, you know, now I've spent a lot of time. I've interviewed, you know, over 200 different guys from all walks of life all across the world over the last few years, been involved in a number of different business ventures, you know, personal transformation, physical, mental, emotional, financial, all of those things. And when you throw all of it into the into the bucket and you start, I think, really figuring out what's important to you and where you feel good, what fills your tank, what drains it, where you have success, where you don't authentically and authentically. And you start to, again, really go small and focus narrow and deep on things that you've identified that you can do well. You know, we don't have to strengthen every weakness. That's the other thing. We don't have to continue to get uncomfortable, you know, or get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Sometimes we can just focus on, on the shit we do well and do it even better. And that will get us where we want to go also. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's a lot of credibility to that. They There's a philosophy behind that in business. And I can't remember the name, but they refer to it as some wall. And I can't remember the name of the wall that they refer to it as, but most people want to go wide. They want to cast a wide net and try to do all these little things instead of finding and pinpointing kind of a niche. And like you said, going deep into that niche, that fixated small piece and just penetrating that wall and then shotgun blasting after you get past it, once you gain that traction. Yeah. And, and again, you know, everybody's operating system is, is, is different. And by the way, if you don't have a personal operating system, we can get into that because, you know, everyone should have a personal operating system, but it's also about allowing yourself, you know, where do you go narrow and deep and go small? You know, where do you specialize, but then also where do you allow yourself to be a generalist and maybe have some fun and try some things too? You know, look in, in finance and in, and in family, you know, I want to be a specialist professionally. I want to be a specialist out there when it comes to, you know, fitness and fun and, and fashion. And some of my other apps, like I want to be a generalist, try some different stuff, you know, do all (laughs) different things, you know, out there. So again, you, you pick your spots, but it's got to fit into, you know, what your operating system is, you know, and what your, your personal and professional thesis is to, again, you know, make you successful based on the metrics that you define what success really looks like. Mm, yeah, that's really good, brother. I love that. This is a great start. I love this. This is awesome. Well, let's well, we, go. Now we got like flags. You got a flag in the background. I got a flag on my. <laughs> we seem super like patriotic. You know, we're both wearing black, and it's okay. This is yeah. this is good. Let's let's go with this. I love it, brother. This is good. Well, your first question. I'm going to get you through the mailing round. We're going to dive dive small and deep on this episode. So okay. uh, first question is going to be, what is your spirit animal and why? Oh man, like I should probably have an idea about, about can my spirit animal be like both of the dogs that I have in my house? Like, like those <laughs> are my spirit animals. Like yeah. they sleep on my side of the bed, like on the floor right next to me, Riley and Roxy are, are, are my, are two dogs. And, you know, I get down on the floor every morning and I, I, I pet them and hang out with like, that's kind of my form of meditation, that unconventional, unconditional, you know, love that pets give you. I think they're my spirit animals. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I've had a number of people refer to their, their dogs as their spirit animal on here. And I think that's, that's awesome. My dog is, uh, the dog version of me. My, my wife likes to say she acts just like me. So it's pretty pretty good <laughs> that's that that's awesome yeah what roxy our our labradoodle is the, is the daughter that we don't have didn't have you know she's the, the girl in the house and then then we got a tiny little shih tzu mix riley who who is uh who thinks he's a big tough guy you know so so we got a good yeah. we got a good mix there naturally i love that all right your next question is what song whenever you hear it so you're on a subway in new york surrounded by a ton of people what song, if it comes on on the speakers, do you have to start busting out and singing along with? Not just in your head, but out loud. What's a song that triggers you to come mm. out and just start, start busting out? Oh man, that's such that's such a good question. Um, it's going to be anything by Springsteen, probably first and foremost. You know, any of the classic Springsteen anthems like Thunder Road, like for sure. Mm. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a kind of grassroots singer songwriter 
guy. I was going to say, I see a lot of those guitars back there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Springsteen is a big one for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe a lot of people out there aren't familiar with him, but I'm a big Gaslight Anthem guy. So anything off of the 59 sound and Brian Fallon, who's their, their lead guy. Uh, if that randomly came out of the subway, I'd be shocked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I would too. I've never even heard of that. But that's what I, I throw on, you know, so another group of Jersey guys. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. All right. And your last question, brother, is if you could, so imagine you can travel in time, you can go to the past, but you got to pick one, you got to pick a well-known, a relatively well-known person. So majority of people around the world would know who they are. It could be somebody present or it could be in the past. If you could pick one person, who would you prank? And if you know what the prank is, what would it be? Oh, if I could prank them. Oh, man, I, my head was already <laughs> going in a different direction. Like, oh, who do I want to hang out with? Who I, yeah, I know. Uh, now I may have to change it because once I prank them, they may not want to hang with me again. You know? <laughs> I, I think Jesse Itzler would be, be awesome. I think Jesse would be a great person to prank and wouldn't take it too seriously. He would probably spend the next you know, year or two trying to figure out a way to, to, to get back and top it. Oh yeah, he definitely would. He wouldn't let that slide. But I think you're absolutely right. I think he'd have a lot of fun with it. So if you got him, he'd be one of those fun people to get for sure. Well, awesome, brother. You did really well. I appreciate having fun in the manly round. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to, it, I feel like I accomplished something already in the year. <laughs> I could, I got the three questions. <laughs> <laughs> so small wins, remember? Small wins. Absolutely. Stack them up. Well, um, you know, everybody got to hear a little bit about your background early on uh, in the intro. So I can never do it justice, but let's give a little synopsis from the horse's mouth here on, you know, what brought you to this point in your life? It's, it's a great question. I mean, first and foremost, age alone, you know, <laughs> I, so I think I've become a default, you know, you become a default pseudo self, you know, self-professed expert on middle age when you're right smack in the middle of it. Um, and, and again, you know, I turn Turned 50 right at the end of 2022 on, on December 23rd. Um, you know, been married for, it'll be 22 years, 25 together in January. Wow. Our, our boys, our two sons, Auden and Harper, are 19 and 16 now. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. And, and along the way, you know, I lost my dad when I was 17. So there was a lot oh, of wow. personal, um, you know, personal development that and growth and experiences that I had to go through alone for a long time. Um, and, you know, all of those experiences from, again, trying what it is that you don't want to do professionally and chasing authenticity and whatever that means and, and going from fat to fit and drunk to sober and broke to, to, you know, wealthy, if you will, and having entrepreneurial success and failure, and then to try to regain you know, success, mm. define it and reframe it. You know, again, we've talked about you know, buckets early on, but, you know, all of this stuff is in the bucket. You know, what it's mm. like to be a father, what it's like to lose your father. Um, you know, what is it that you really want to be? How do you want to live? And, and I got into this now, Nani, because I think I'm really a slow learner and a late bloomer. You know, it's taken me this long to... <laughs> to start kind of just figuring things out and hit my stride and, you know, feel better at 50 than certainly I did, you know, at 30, you know, and, and mm. even at 40. So then we hit 47 and it was like, boom, like now I've outlived my dad, it's off to the races. Like this is bonus time. Um, wow. And it's, and it's just become all about being of service and helping, you know, maybe change the narrative on, on this, whole midlife crisis thing. And, and instead of seeing middle age as something to fear, like what if we saw it as something aspirational? Like what if we made it cool by our own terms? Well, this is beautiful because I have so many questions just based off of a lot of this that I think are going to help people out there because I'm incredibly curious. Um, there's this philosophy that we can't change once we're at a certain age, right? Like that's all they wrote for us. That's it. That's all, that's all that's in the stars, right? And usually guys get into their 40s, um, their 50s, start to think like, there's no way I'm, I'm going to make it, make it wealthy now. There's no way I'm going to turn into a bodybuilder now. There's no way I'm going to 
turn into, you know, non-alcoholic now. They have these stories that I see are created in men's heads. Not only did I start to question it, but I changed my mindset from accepting it and thinking that, you know, the middle was the beginning of the end and, and that our best days were behind it to changing the perspective that the middle is the sweet spot and our best days are in front of us. Mm. And it is just that simple. I say this all the time. It is really simple, but simple is really hard, which is why yeah. most men do not do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a yeah. simple perspective shift. It's a simple mindset shift. One of, of conformity and complacency and redundancy and unhappiness to possibility and probability and opportunity. You're just shifting. How are you looking at yeah. it? over there. And then you got to start taking very specific quantifiable actions. If you don't like the way you are living and the way things are, it's on you to make that change. Simple preparation, consistency, accountability. There's a lot of white space in between being fat and unhealthy, if you will, Mm -hmm. and being a bodybuilder. Yeah, You don't have to to look at the extreme. You can take one positive action step a day to get healthier. Mm -hmm. See where it leads. You you do not have to go from, let's say, unhappy in your career mm -hmm, to quitting your job, following your passion, even if you know what that is, to try to change. You don't have to do that. Mm. You can reframe how you approach your job. You can utilize the proceeds financially of your career, your job, your profession to fund your passions once you know what they are. Or... Mm -hmm other positive aspects of your life, but you've got to have a plan. Mm-hmm. It's not, and you, and that plan cannot just be accept things exactly how they are, you know, that this is what it is, mm-hmm. yeah. that, that it's too late for me. That's not a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you also can't make these ridiculous resolutions that are not quantifiable, not achievable. Mm-hmm. And they're so nonspecific that they don't actually help you get to the action steps you need you need to take. And I'm an advocate of practicing resolve and learning to practice resolve over making resolutions. You know, as we start at the beginning of the year, and then yeah. again, saying I'm going to get healthy or saying like I'm going to become a bodybuilder or run a marathon or make a hundred thousand dollars or make a million dollars, whatever it is, like whatever is there, or I'm going to be a better husband or be a better father. Those are general statements. They're nice. Yeah. Okay. I get the why. I get the why, man, why you want to be in better shape, why you be a better husband, why you want to be a better father, why you want to make a million dollars. Okay. Now, how are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. That's where this shit gets interesting. Yeah. Change I want to be healthy to, I'm going to work out 30 minutes a day, five days a week, two days of active recovery, rest, one day of high intensity. Like you got to set an actual plan. Mm. Watching people do push-ups and squats is not as effective as actually doing push-ups and squats. <laughs> Very true. You know, we do way too much consuming. Of, of help and other people's stuff and everything, and far too little producing. Get yeah. out there and start doing. Just start. Mm. You know, that's, you know, doesn't have to be New Year's Day. You know, doesn't have to, you just got to start. 1% better each day, compounding interest, specifics. You know, and for me, that's, that's five rules that I have six F's that I live by, family, fitness, finance, food, fashion, fun, specific deals in each one of those categories, and they have their place. And if you can do those things, it's taken me a very, very long time, again, to arrive here. And is it perfect? No. Is it a work in progress? Yes. Is it the same thing for me? One thing a day, two things. Again, there's only so many things I can handle doing, but are they the right things? For you, based yeah. on what you are trying to do, and I know I, this this stuff lights me up, and I go on on this, you know, quite a bit. But it's like, hey, like, let's nail this shit, guys. Like, let's really spend the time working on this stuff because once you arrive at it, at a system, your personal operating system, once you have it, 
Now you really can break it down annually, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily. That's where mm. it gets magical. When you wake up and you know what you're going to do that day, mm. that opens up so much freedom and so much opportunity. Just mm-hmm. by being able to practice resolve, just by being consistent, just by being disciplined. None of this mm-hmm. shit has anything to do with motivation or inspiration. Yeah. They're nice. Very true. I mean, but I don't wake up motivated every day. Not no. at all. What can, especially here we are on Monday, and we're recording this on a Monday right now. Like, you know, you're going to be bombarded. I say this every week with Monday motivation. Never miss a Monday. I miss every Monday. But over time, I found mm. that that works for me because I tend to go a little harder on the weekends. Hmm? Harder mm. with the family. And by harder, I mean I'm not out in the bars anymore, waking up, you know, yeah. feeling like crap, but harder with the family, you know, harder right. with, with, you know, my goals, do more work on the week so that Monday is my day of recovery to really mm. go over again. How do I restore? How do I replenish? How do I look to the rest of the week? I don't see clients yeah. on Monday. So I have time to do stuff like this with guys like you. You know, it's yeah. by design, not by accident. Mm. Yeah. But I think that's where I think that's where the conversation takes a takes a turn for most guys is that they they want to not put it into that kind of systematic. Hey, what can I do today? They want to continue to look at the big changes. And so that's why I think it's a really open conversation to to have somebody like you on here who's who's had that conversation. But now you're shifting the way that you perceive your life and how you structure it. And you're saying those big things haven't been overly helpful. Not only have the big things not been overly helpful, you become focused on and fixated on the outcome as opposed to what it's going to take you to arrive at the outcome and enjoying the ride, Mm -hmm. enjoying the process along the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may be cliche to think about the journey versus the destination, but I think it's twofold. One, if you don't know where you're going, you will never get there. You yeah, have to have a goal 100%. and a plan and a destination. That being said, if you're not reverse engineering back into, again, the actual action steps that you have to take and you are not putting yourself in a place to enjoy that, you are not going mm-hmm. to get it. Hey, we could yeah. take the boring road trip, okay? Or we could take the scenic you know, route in there. You know, which one's going to be enjoyable? Now, the boring one might get you there. Right? <laughs> Maybe even get you there a little faster. But also, you don't like it. So maybe you don't. You know? mm-hmm. And you don't enjoy it. And anything can happen along the, along the way. What if you took the scenic route? What if you took the more enjoyable one? Maybe it takes you a little longer. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But you got to enjoy it. Because if we're not living, like really living and enjoying what we're doing while we're doing it, like what's the point of all this? Yeah. And that's not Agreed. rainbow unicorns. Everything should be fun and every day should be, you know, easy, you know, and, and that's not it. It can be simple. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. We got to really put in the work. But when you've got that purpose and that process and that payoff, that lands a lot harder than kind of being out there wondering you know, what's going to happen today, being reactive, you know, letting other you know, situations and circumstances kind of determine whether or not you will actually get anywhere. Mm, yeah. And that's and th- one of the questions I get from guys who are more in their middle age. Like I've had some in-depth conversations with some of the community around this. They struggle with identifying what's next. They've spent so long as a version of themselves that they're no longer happy with or they spent so long in a career that they're no longer happy with, but they feel there's so much vested time in that, that to change or to shift is saying that the life before them was a lie or that, you know, they failed. What do we say to that? Maybe. It's a great point. So look, maybe is one of the things I say most frequently, Mm -hmm. because we've (laughs) got to be open to time. Now, change is very different from shift. You know, you use both of those words in there. I spent 15 yeah. years as a partner in, in a firm. Uh, we started kind of small, medium. And by the time that we exited uh, at the end of 2020, we were over 200, 200 people. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that being said, okay, the industry and the business was never particularly, you know, fully authentic or fully fulfilling to me. 
That also mm-hmm. means that let's layer these things on. I have a wife. I have two kids. I have a mortgage. We have three cars. We have tuitions. We have all of these. This quitting, you know, just because something doesn't feel so good, hmm? yeah. not, not always an option, certainly not a prudent option. Yeah. Entrepreneurship and going out on your own is something you do when you can approach it from a position of strength, not from a position of weakness. Certainly as we get older, because we do not want to shirk the responsibilities that we have as men to take care of of what we said we're going to take care of. Now, again, how do you approach it? So when you say what's next, I would offer what's now. Okay. Mm. What can I do now that I can control? I may not be the CEO of this company. I may not be the CEO. Okay. But I'm the CEO of my own life and I can operate that way. So what can I do within the framework of what I have? Now, I had to hang on. I hung on for a number of reasons. One, I put in a lot of work, put in a lot of time, put in a lot of effort, put in a lot of equity there. I'm going to see this through overall. Again, you know, be, be financially responsible also. You know, what we make time is an investment. You know, this was a financial investment. It was a time investment is all. So we needed to wait it out for return. And I, and I encourage guys always, let's think again, realistically. Mm. Okay. What can you do? What can't you do? When can you do it again? Let's map this out. And instead of thinking about what's next, think about what's now. We can go Mm. out from there, but how do you do a better job? You know, at home, Mm -hmm at your job, in your office, maybe you can get a little bit more money out of it, okay? Maybe your passions are outside of work. You can use work to fund your passion. Nobody's stopping you from working out every day. Mm-hmm. If you do have the time, we're going to show you how to act, where you actually have it. Maybe you don't need to be the first one in, the last one out. You know, there's certain mm-hmm. things, you know, there are ways to approach whatever your situation or circumstance is. For you to take back control and design a life that is better tomorrow than the one you're living today. It doesn't have to be next. You know, and then you will again. Let's look at next month. Let's look at next year. Let's aim. Let's aim. We can think about what's next, but we also have to practice and really work on what's now. Mm, I love that. That's a really good statement as well. Um, that kind of keeps you focused on that present, keeps you focused on that journey as, as you were talking about. Well, people don't want to get real. And I didn't want to get real yeah. for a while. Here's the other thing. Every fucking problem I've ever had has been my own fault. Yeah, yeah. Every, atti- every you know, problem or issue with my attitude or situation or circumstance has been of my own making, whether I wanted mm-hmm. to believe that at the time or not. So if yeah. you want to make any changes, you've got to start with yourself. You've got to look in the mirror. You've got to be willing to get real. You've got to be willing to get raw with it. And then you've got to go and attack it in a in a realistic, quantifiable, achievable, and sustainable manner. Mm. Life, you got kids, you got whatever you got to expect. Okay, gotta have life insurance, gotta have disability insurance, you gotta be able to keep the lights on. You gotta be able to if money's not your problem, maybe your health, if your health is your problem, your relationship, where do you have to shift, you know, your attention? What is that pie chart? for a successful, holistic life look like versus like salary and title alone. Mm -hmm. And I saw life that way for years, you know, distinctly that way. Salary, title, achievement, profession versus, again, a much more balanced, holistic approach. Everyone's metric of success is very different. But I think for a lot of men out there, we've typically defined success as salary and title. Oh, for sure. That's where we kind of to kind of judge ourselves or see ourselves, you know, being judged that way. And I yeah. think you can shift that from assumption and judgment and really making that the metric of success or believing that it is to a more holistic approach of what success really looks like. You know, for mm-hmm. me, again, that's my six Fs of family and fitness and finance and food and fashion and fun for various reasons. It's different for every guy. But it's mm-hmm. not about me being a straight A student in every one of those categories. It's what's my cumulative GPA in life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really, I love that. I just think that, I just think that, you know, that has enabled at least me to, to kind of breathe a little bit easier, you know, to feel a little bit freer overall, to make yeah. better choices and take better actions by asking, you know, a very simple question, better one or better two. 
You know, exercise <laughs> today or not? Better one yeah. or better two? You know? Do I focus on my family today? And again, in which time? What morning, afternoon, evening, specifically better one or better two? Mm-hmm. Do I go shallow and wide or narrow and deep like we talked about at the beginning of the show? Okay, better one or better two? You know, you just got to, you know, kind of start taking your temperature, asking yourself these questions. And if you start making better choices 60% of the time, 70% of the time, 80% of the time, things are, they're going to get better versus making the right yeah. choice 10% of the time, 20% of the time, none of the time, you know, in there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Just and uh, the numbers. The numbers don't and lie. That, and that's, that's like, I, I think when I, like I, when I think of that midlife position, right. And I think of guys and how they see this, why is it so hard or why do you believe? Because you, you have the midlife male podcast, you, you've written the book. You're obviously, you're just turned 50. Why do you think men really, and, and I say men, cause I see them have a very, very hard time shifting in later ages than I do see women. Why do you think men have such a hard time in that? Yeah, I think the statistics are equally alarming for women. And, you know, I focus on men because that's who I am, you know, overall. And I've also learned over, you know, that I don't tell women what to do. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. I don't do it in my own house. I try not to do it anywhere else. You know, so that's, that's, I tend to just kind of focus on my spot of where I am. And rather than really try to give advice and everything I say, look, it can sound like advice. It's really, you know, I try to just share this as experience. Mm -hmm. Sure, These are experiences that I've had, things that I've learned myself over time, things that I've learned from other men along the way that I've aggregated into my life, curated them down to what really works for me and, and kick the rest of it, eliminate it and kick it to the curb for the stuff that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, And, And you've, everyone's got to do that for, for themselves, but why is it such, you know, a problem or why are these stereotypes and stigmas true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They're yeah, true why? because look, this has been happening for a while. Mm-hmm. The numbers again, numbers don't lie. There's 53 million middle-aged men in this country. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of them, unfortunately, are unhappy. Mm-hmm. They're overworked, they're stressed, they're they're anxiety-ridden. They have body image issues and health issues. They, they are overworked. Mm-hmm. The societal yeah. metric of success does not align with what they feel in their heads and in their hearts. Mm-hmm. We've followed a path that says we're supposed to get, go to school, then we're supposed to go to get married, and then we're going to be paying off, off debt, and then we're going to be chasing success. And what is that? That's our houses or they are cars. And then we're going to add add children to this and more mouths to feed. And it's going to continue to have to always become more, more, more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. more is not better. Better is better. And you wake up in your 40s or your 50s and you go, this is it? Is this it? Like, is this what I'm going to wake up to every day? Am I going to yeah. be doing the same thing over and over again? You know, and that's where the conformity and the complacency and the redundancy and, you know, and that's where the malaise sets in. You know, mm-hmm. it's, this, it's this feeling of mediocrity when I talk about, it. you know, this, this life of mediocrity versus a maximized one, you know, and, and yeah. how do you transform from this feeling of mediocrity? And it hits guys, again, I'm telling you, man, it hits you whether you are like not quote unquote successful Okay, or like you're really successful and you'd be a high performer by anybody's metrics, but yet you still feel like something is missing. Yeah, because we all get it. This doesn't discriminate. But what does that transformation from mediocre to maximize really look like? And how Mm -hmm. do you change the game on that? We go back to the how. What are Mm -hmm. you doing each day and why it's so hard is because misery loves company. Mediocrity is easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Feeling like a success is very hard. Being the outlier is very hard. It's not that difficult, quite frankly, to differentiate yourself from most of the men out there. If you really think about it, all you got to do, exercise, eat pretty well, ditch the hangovers, do what you say you're going to do, show up, don't break the promises that you make to yourself or anybody else. And guess what? You're going to stand out. You're going to stand out almost immediately. Very true. You know who doesn't? Most. 
Most don't. Go walk around. You'll see it. Go walk around. Go walk around anywhere, basically. Go walk to the grocery store, you know? Go to Disneyland. Go to a sporting event. Go to a concert. Go to an office. What do guys in middle age look like? Do I want that? And then go find some other leading by example guys. Guys that are relatable. Guys that are credible. Guys that are authentic and guys that are aspirational to you. But they're exactly where you are in life too. Similar ages, okay? We got to work. We got to pay bills. We got kids. We got, I got all this. What's your excuse? Go mm-hmm. hang out with those fucking guys and see how much better your life gets. Yeah. And they'll let no, you that's in. Good. Listen, they'll let you, they let me in. Mm-hmm. They'll let you bring a microphone like you're doing. You want to talk to them? We'll show up. <laughs> I mean, successful guys, success like that have gone through pain, suffering, poor health, you know, failure, mediocrity, misery, and have come out better the other side. Guess what? We want to share it. We want to help. Yeah. Because it feels a whole lot better than when we were selfish. You know, self-serving, thinking we had all the answers, pushing the boulder uphill all by ourselves, not having a lot of friends, not, you know, like every, I had an ass backwards for probably 20 years. Mm, that you, is, you can change it, man. You can change it. Anybody can at any age or any stage. You don't have to think it's too much. It's too big. I need more. I've got to look, I can't see this, you know, a year or two from now, just, just see tomorrow again. Today's the day yeah. you start. And if you start today, tomorrow will be better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's no time like the present. And I love yeah. that you said that you, you, you guys like to help because I think there's something to that that a lot of guys don't want to acknowledge or, or don't really know because they never asked the question is that guys that have gone through it do want to support them. But also, I think what's even more powerful is learning the younger generation learning from you men. Well, that we're seeing, you know, that's an interesting point that you make and a really good point, you know. Again, a lot of middle-aged men are very set in their ways. Absolutely. We're not as comfortable being vulnerable. We're not as comfortable asking for help. We didn't come up that way, you know? Right, exactly. This whole topic of masculinity and getting help and coaching and therapy and all these other, this is all new, okay? This is newer or new-ish, okay? To guys in their 40s and 50s. So I hear from a ton of guys, and I love these guys, that are in their 30s and they're looking ahead at 40s and so on and so forth. And they're going, hey, they're proactive. I want to get ahead of this. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. I want to get out ahead of this, man. I see, let's say, my boss, or I saw my dad, or I see my father-in-law, or I just see guys out there that are older than me, and I want to operate on a different level. Mm-hmm. I do want it to be a happy... Happy birthday. Happy morning. Birthday. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. So what do I do? And, and they get out in front of that, which is, which is absolutely, you know, awesome. And, when, and that's, that's my next question for you is for those guys listening, this younger generation, what's a tip? If you were talking to your younger self, what's, what's one thing or a couple of important things you could give to him, your younger version to help maybe avoid some of those struggles as you approach midlife that you encountered or that you see in other men? Yeah, I'll give you five. And they work at any age, stage, gender, whatever. Okay? Perfect. Rule number one, knowing what's important is what's most important. Mm. Start there, whatever that means to you. Okay? Knowing what's important is what's most important. And in what order? For me, again, family comes first. Then we back into the finance. We work on the health. You know, those the in order. But knowing what's important is what's most important. That may mean you land on where you may have to sacrifice and do certain things. But knowing what's important will help authenticity. Nail that number one. Work on that number one. Number two, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to get there. You have to have a map. You know what I call maximized action plan. Write out mm-hmm. your map. I look at mine three years down the road and then back into you know, the action steps that I need to take annually, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily. You know, down there. Number three, we said it also, aggregate, curate, and eliminate. There's a lot of stuff out there. You can take it in, but you got to curate it down. 
Be very careful and conscious who you follow, who you listen to, what's going, what you put on your body, what you put in your body. Curate it down to what works for you and eliminate what doesn't. Mm. That takes time too. Number four, show me your calendar and I will show you your priorities. If you literally can't lift up your calendar and show it to me right now, I'll show you what's on and say, what's on there? If your workouts aren't on there, you know, if your family time isn't on there, if your recovery time isn't on there, if your reading time isn't on there, if your career time isn't on there the right way and in the right order based on rules one, two, and three, ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. And then the fifth, because what we schedule gets done. Yeah. Has to happen by design, not by default, including the open space where you can really think and you can really grow Show me your calendar. I'll show you your priorities. And then number five, which is super important, grace, gratitude, and latitude. We are way too hard on ourselves. We're in way too much of a rush. We're in competition and comparison with everybody else out there, especially when we're younger. Run your own race. Slow down. Be kind to yourself. Figure out what your cadence and rhythm looks like. Mm. What works for you? Those five, you're good. I love that. Those are solid, brother. Those are really solid. It's almost like you've lived by those for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Look, five rules, six Fs. Again, I am not a smart guy. No smarter than anybody else that's listening to this. Probably not even, okay? I am no different. I am no better. If I can do this, anybody can. I genuinely oh, believe that. And I've, show, and I've done the opposite. Yeah. So again, any age, any stage, it's not only possible, it is probable. Simplify it down and go to work. I love that, brother. This this has been so good. And that right there is pure gold. So anybody, especially like you said, any age, take that and run with it. Like put that down and, and put that in your little book if you're writing down right now and make sure that you log those gold nuggets down for sure. Well, listen, I appreciate it. whether this is a guy, again, who's who's getting paid hourly, you know, doesn't they know he's not speaking to me or whatever you can. It, the rules still apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the metric might be different. Mm-hmm. Sure. Your parameters might be a little bit different. Your socioeconomic status might be a little bit different, may take longer to crawl out of the, or do the, in there to guys that I work with that are work tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, but mm-hmm. they're still wrestling with the same exact challenges and concerns yeah. about how yeah. to run their day, how to make better choices, how to take greater action, what to do less of, what to do more of. That, it's universal. Yeah, no, that's really, and uh, this has been really, really fun and amazing. This is like the podcast actually just like flew by. I just looked up and I was like, oh crap, we got to make sure we, we get your book out there, get your podcast out there. I was like, holy crap. But Greg, you, you just, uh, I really love what you've given to the community on this episode. I really love the gold that you're putting out there. Let's talk a little bit real quick about, um, first off, your your podcast and your book. So you got the the Midlife Mail podcast, and then you got your your book. Yeah, yeah well, the, podcast, the, Midlife- the Midlife Mail podcast, thank you, is, is out every week. Um, for 2023, I'm going to be doing a lot more solo casts, you know, on each of the six F's questions, emails, things that, you know, over the last couple of years, I've been hearing from guys. And even since the book comes out that I want to dive again, a little, you know, more narrow and deep into some of the, into these topics, really, you know, getting into the house on there. Um, but I've got guests that are on the podcast. We are, we're over 200 episodes right now. They're all, I would say evergreen too. So go back and you can listen to any one of these, you know, find guys that you're into that have come on. There've been some incredible guys over there. And I think they're, they're evergreen universal episodes and conversations. A lot of those conversations made it into the book, uh, and Mm. also allowed me to put my spin on topics and subjects and things that we that we talked about on the podcast there all about you know maximizing midlife but again truly applicable to anybody at any age or stage or even gender i get tons of that, of inquiries from younger guys and and even women who for themselves and want their men you know to to be better live healthier and happier and stronger and wealthier and and start having more fun you know in in life so the book and the podcast are available wherever you listen to podcasts and wherever people get 
books, which is typically Amazon. Um, and you can go to midlifemail.com and you can sign up for my weekly newsletter, which comes out on Sunday. So it's all there. That's an easy destination. Go to midlifemail.com for that. And then, you know, I hang out on Instagram and I hang out on LinkedIn, which is where, you know, where the guys are and the career guys and the middle-aged guys are more on LinkedIn. Instagram's a lot more fun you know? <laughs> yeah. in that regard. And again, you know, I'm an open book, like we talked about. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's coaching and I work with men on a one-to-one basis. Um, and, and at the same time, there's just a ton of free material that I like to put out there constantly. But for those guys that want to go narrow and deep and really want to make an investment in themselves and not cheap, okay, at all, yeah. uh, at all, you know, I do, I work with 10 guys at a time. And I am not one of those guys that will ever put out an offer of like, I'm looking for five men to come in. No, it's like, sorry, I take this right. Five guys should be looking for me. Like when you really want to get there, like, okay, come find them. I'm not hard to find. You know, this is stuff that that I'm really fortunate and grateful to do um, because I really want to, you know? Yeah. Because I have to. And that's something that, that we also talk a lot about. Hey, what is it that we get to do, Johnny? Like, and then mm-hmm. like go do it. To me, this is as powerful an hour as it is to work out, you know? Or yeah. you know, or oh, absolutely. Things. like when we get a chance to share this, when we get a chance to do this kind of work, you know, when I hear from clients and friends that are again doing better today, you know, and they're on a path to do yep. better tomorrow than they were before, like. That is as empowering, you know, uh, as as it gets. Like to me, like mm-hmm. that. Define masculinity however you want. Like, like that's the stuff that makes me feel like a good man. Like not just a man. Mm-hmm. Like hey, like what is being a good man? What is being a good person? Like really feel like. So yeah. I went off on a tangent there, but that's just no. like for me. Like that's that. stuff that is is super exciting. You can tell it's super exciting. I think that's why you're probably an amazing coach and why you've written the book and your podcast is awesome. It's because the fact that it is exciting for you and you're truly genuinely here to help men live this better life, their best life, you know, possible. Right. So I love that. What's connecting also, I mean, you know, the value and connection. And I've been really yeah. fortunate over my my life and my career to connect. I've connected with some incredible people, and and whether or not I'm the right coach for somebody, or I can refer somebody to the right. Again, how do we help one another get where get where we're going? You know, you can not always be the right fit for somebody, but you can be the right fit to help them get to somebody. Also, you know, and that. That part's often overlooked and included. Again, we're not in competition. You know, we're in we're in collaboration, you know, in in all of these areas. There's room for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that. Um, My other question for you on your book is what what is your personal favorite spot in the book? So whether it's whether it's a certain chapter or a certain subject that you wrote, but you were, I'm sure you were on fire when you wrote this whole thing, but like. What was the one that you were just like that for me was like it, the key? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I'll two part it for you. You know, one, my favorite page in the book is the dedication page because mm. finishing the book and putting it out there meant that I could accomplish a goal that I had set, which was to you know, not only you know, get a book out there, but to be able to dedicate it to memory of my dad, who was a midlife male when he passed away, um, mm. and to my wife and to my kids. So that is the most important page, you know, to me. Um, yeah. But I did something I said I was going to do for the people that are most important to me. Um, the other chapter in the book that that really gets there are two. Okay, so <laughs> clearly I don't give short <laughs> answers. Sorry, sorry about that. That's right, but I love two. it. One of them is why I won't be coaching my son anymore. This one comes up oh, a lot interesting. about having bit, having coached sports and my, and my, both of my boys for, for a long period of time. It got to a, a tipping point where, where I wrote about why I won't be coaching my kids anymore and why it was time for other dads and other men, you know, to coach them. And then mm-hmm. the dynamic yeah. of how that changed our relationship uh, has gotten a lot of really positive response. The second one, which always makes people laugh a little bit or cringe, whichever way you want to take it, 
is the is the fuck us and feed us chapter. Okay, about how simple we are as men to really be pleased. And then as long as you fuck us and beat us, I don't know any unhappy guys that are not getting laid and are not being well fed. Okay, if we got both, those guys seem to be pretty happy. So there's a chapter in there about that and really about what it takes also, like to not just expect those two things, but to work for them again, to make them happen so that you are desirable. You're wanted. And we yeah. want to feel wanted and appreciated as men and desire and all of those things. So if you're getting those two things, you're usually doing pretty well, you know? <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I love that, brother. So um, everybody, when you guys get this, this book and it's uh, the Midlife Male, A No Bullshit Guide to Living Better, Longer, Happier, Healthier, and Wealthier, and Having More Fun in Your 40s and 50s, make sure you guys check this out. Remember those two chapters that Greg is talking about. Yeah. And you you don't have to read the book in order. That's another thing. Again, I wanted to set up to write a book. I'm not, you know, I wanted to write a book, the kind of book that I also wanted to read, which is not have to go cover to cover or feel like you have to, you know, like this is stressful. You can open the book up to any page, basically anywhere. And I wanted to have something for a guy that just opened up the page that, oh, I want that. You know, I want this on family or I want this on fitness or I need a style tip, you know, or I need like a, a five bullet point little checklist. Like it's all there. You could open this book and read it in any order or any time frame you want. And you'll find something, you know, that's kind of the way I read. Like I struggle with like, oh, again, do I have to go from page one to page 400? That seems like a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Yeah. Okay. What if I just read 10 pages a day or what if I could just open and get something valuable out of it? So, you know, I try uh, to try to practice what I preach. I love that. I mean, um, uh, there was a book, I think Deepak Shoker wrote one like very similar to that, where you could almost open any part of it and it didn't bleed from one to the next. You could actually just open up, get, get some value and then get out, you know? Yeah, so, again, not that. original. You know, there are a lot of guys who've done great stuff with that format. Um, so, again, I just took it. One of the things I aggregated, and uh, you know, is I just took no, the format that I liked the format and said I could do this too. Let's try that. That's good. I love that. I love that. Well, Greg, this has been a fun podcast, brother. I want to let you move on with your day, but before I let you hop back out to your amazing family. I got one last question for you. And what yeah. that is, what does the art of masculinity mean to you? You know, I think maybe I just said it. it, it be a good person. Mm. Be a good person. Be a good man. Make better choices. Ask yourself that better one or better two question. And if you are making good choices, better choices, the majority of your time, that to me is, is you know, is masculinity, however you want to define it. I just think I, I, I think we 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 put labels on a lot of things and we try to, you know, just be a good person. If you genuinely feel like you're doing the best you possibly can do, you're again making good choices, you're operating and you feel good about it. You know? I think that's it, man. That's what's important. Hey, that's why I asked the question because there's there is an authentic version to every man, and it's not always the same as every other man. And I believe that that's what's the most beautiful thing about. It. So I always ask that. So I love that. Yeah, I, love, Thank I you. love the question. I love the question, and now I want to listen to to a bunch of other guys. Uh, I want to listen to their answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's got a different one, man. So. No, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for your time. Everybody check out the show notes. We'll have all the links for Greg's uh, stuff in there. You guys can click on his website. You can go check out his book, everything in his podcast. Brother, you are amazing. Thank you so much for entering 2023 with me with some fire for men. And to everybody listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Until next time, guys. 